You're listening to Around Comics, episode 175. Chicago, this is Around Comics, the comic culture podcast. I'm Christopher Neisman. He's Brian Salazar. Nah. He's Tom Caters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're doing this at three separate locations. <laughs> <laughs> We've had enough. My part was recorded a week ago. <laughs> it's all being edited in, so. I was actually, Scotty's not, if, for yeah, those Scott, no Scotty. Scotty's not here today, and I actually told him, uh, I'm like, hey, just record a bunch of like can <laughs> yeah yeah oh, oh jesus <laughs> you know that and i'll just pump 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 them in you know whatever we'll go like what did you think of uh of uh or, Sweet. You know, yeah yeah and then we'll just but that unfortunately was terrible unfortunately we didn't get that done what was there. wrong with it not enough cock <laughs> tranny cock but, you know we, we we talked we we sent out the email you, you did that and we talked about it on the forum but we actually haven't talked about it on the show yet but uh, for for those out there that that haven't heard, we are going to hiatus, and we're going to take some time away from we're the quitting. show. Uh, we're going to we're. Well, the crankcast, Norton yeah. and yeah, the thanks, crank, Norton. they already announced, pronounced us dead. I feel bad if we did come back. I'd feel At like, this point, like we were just building up hype for our own adventure. Right. Yeah. But I don't think we're going to get into it. It's just we we need some time away. We've been doing this straight for two years now, so uh, just gonna we're sick of each other. But yeah, sick I, of looking yeah. at Tom, looking what, at Chris. What y'all don't realize out there is that not oh. only do Sal and I do the show together, we work together. So it really is uh, kind of. A, you guys have been handcuffed together for two weeks. <laughs> it was that reality TV show we signed <laughs> up for. <laughs> you know, we didn't know what we were getting into, really. Uh, quite honestly, so Shane. he's sick of seeing me. So, but uh, yeah. Well, little break, so we will keep you updated. Um, yeah, the site's going to be up, the form will be up. So yeah, that uh, stuff's not going anywhere. The, th- the 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 RSS feed will be up if you want to listen yeah. up. Past Email addresses episodes. still work. So we honestly, uh, in in all honestly, we have no idea what we're going to do at this point. Mm-hmm. We yeah. may come back, we may not come back. We may we come back as something completely different. Doing a wrestling show. We may do a wrestling, Baseball, gardening, wrestling, darts, <laughs> Baseball darts, comics, darts, 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 uh, darts podcast. But we don't know what we're going to do at this point. So, um, I mean, stay tuned. Yeah, stay. It, it could potentially be this. This could be it. Possibly. It's possible. Yeah. It's possible. It's possible. Then again, and maybe not. Maybe I want to do a right. second show tonight, but I'm already got like two beers and a and like a show? like a, a half pint of Jim Beam here, so I could be it would I could be, be gone uh, by the befitting of us the last night to like really four make hour for ourselves. <laughs> 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 Can't just do a show and leave. Well, we just do fucking shows. <laughs> we just went through uh, uh, forty five minutes of computer problems. Yeah, yeah it's always Surely something. Beauty. Uh, Surely the beauty of doing this. Show. Well, I, I guess we should mention what this show is, and uh, we weren't we weren't going to send you off without going over our last the club <laughs> episode. God forbid. That would have been pissed. No, not really. You fretted over your picks for well, like yeah, two, but two months leading up to you. Like, well, I'm still thinking of what I want to do for my CD. I couldn't figure it out, but that doesn't mean 
quite honestly. Yeah. We could stop right now. I can hit stop right now. <laughs> so Dude, I read the, I, re- I listened to the, mis- I did all the stuff, uh, and now I want to talk about it. Well, what were, what were your picks for this month? My picks for the club were, uh, uh, the CD was uh, The Misfits, er- uh, not Earth AD, uh, Static Age. Uh, the movie was SLC Punk, and the uh, comic was the um, originals by Dave Gibbons. Absolutely. What and the th- What was mm-hmm. the theme that tied all of them together? Um, <laughs> angst. Angst? I think it was angst. Uh, yes. it well, if you, if you haven't <laughs> read the originals yet, uh, by the way, this will obviously be spoilerific as we talk about it, Spoiler-ific. but if you haven't picked up the originals and after you listen to the episode you are so inclined to do you so, there, there is no better place to pick that up than at InStockTrades.com. And this episode of Around Comics is graciously sponsored by InStockTrades.com. InStockTrades.com is offering this month's reading selection, the originals, to Around Comics listeners for an amazing 35% off the cover price. Get your copy today for only eleven sixty nine for the soft cover or sixteen twenty two for the hard cover. Sounds like making love to the Check out the Eisner-winning yeah. graphic novel One by Dave time. Gibbons and then listen to our discussion today. This doesn't make any sense. InStockTrades.com offers a huge selection of the collected <laughs> editions you need. I'm doing my Billy D. Williams. InStockTrades.com is your source for trade paperbacks, deluxe hardcovers, essential showcases, archive editions, absolute editions, omnibus editions, and more. All at great discounted prices. And remember that all orders over $50 ship for free, and it works every time. I was trying to think of a line from uh, Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> it's uh, not my fault. It's not my fault. <laughs> That's about all I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing the whole show. Desperately, Billy D. Yeah, I'm desperately trying to think of a good a Lando line. Lando Calrissian. Lando. All right, and and what have we here? You truly, you truly belong among clouds. Yeah, with us among the clouds, among us, something like that. And around comics, as always, is recorded at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles. We may be going on hiatus, but Mark Beatty will never take a break. <laughs> He's not from shutting down the store. <laughs> no, no, the lights will stay on. No hiatus for him. And uh, Dark Tower Comics is located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If Chicago. you are in the area, please drop by. We may not be here, but I'll Mark give you will a be. Cold 45. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll be outside where the where the Birdman used to be. I'll Bird be out man. there with a case of cold. Coat Have we talked about that, by the way? Birdman's dead. Yeah. We yeah, mentioned Birdman it. Died. Yeah, Birdman, Birdman passed away. That's surprising. Scotty actually did, uh, not to bring it back, but Scotty actually did on his blog, he uh, did a, uh, one of his warm-up drawings was inspired the by the Birdman. Well, it was inspired by the Birdman. He's been kicking around this idea for uh, something he wanted to work on for a long time now. It's schizo. You can read about it on his on his blog, but it's basically like urban fantasy kind of stuff or something. And, uh, erotic fantasy, erotic urban, urban fan. fantasy, and uh, <laughs> so he like takes things that inspire him from the city, and then he puts a little sort of magical twist kind of thing to it. So. Well, he he lives not too far from yeah. uptown, so there's plenty of inspiration well, I was there. Say that, sure. Um, the only magical thing about it, though, is that the pigeons were wearing top hats. <laughs> yes, well, <laughs> it didn't seem that magical. I mean, you could get a tiny top. Well, hat. You didn't see the little bridge. stopwatches they were carrying on chains? That's the oh, chain, yeah. the, mo- Come the, on. the pigeons with monocles. That's magical. All right, <laughs> stop it. Well, I tell you what, let's, like, let's get in. Let's get like into the club. Crystal this, over there. 
<laughs> Billy D. Williams. No, I'm Billy Crystal. Oh, Billy Crystal. Billy, Billy, Billy D. Williams. <laughs> Even worse. All right, well, Swing buddy, this Muhammad is this Ali. is your episode. So why don't you uh, as we grapple for a church key there? <laughs> oh, uh, you want me to kick it off? Yeah, it's all right. Whatever, Which one do whatever we talk you want about to start first. With. Um, I'd I'd like to talk about the album, the CD first, uh, the Misfits. Daddy Cage, yes. Uh, you know, it's funny. Um. Well, a little bit. I just wanted to give a little bit of history about that album. It, it, it was initially recorded in 1978, and kind of an interesting story behind it was that Glenn Danzig, the singer from the Misfits, had actually trademarked a name for his record label, and I can't remember what the name of it was off the top of my head, but he had trademarked this name that he was going to use as a record label, um, and there was a uh, a studio or a, a, a record label that wanted it. So they actually bought it from them, and they traded them studio time, yeah. and that's how they recorded this album. But then, when they once they had it done, uh, they're just for whatever reason wasn't interested or whatever, and it was shelved for 19 years. The album actually didn't come out till 97. Were there, well bunch, after were, there, were there a bunch of bootlegs and whatnot before it was? Released? Oh sure, yeah. Okay. I mean, there was all the, a lot of those songs came out in different forms. You know, whether it was uh, live. Things, I think. Yeah, there were live bo- live bootlegs, their, their collection live, and that kind of stuff. A lot of that stuff had come out um, beforehand, but that album as a whole hadn't come out until 1997. Um, and a lot of people, you know, like the Misfits are actually a really influential band in punk, but because they they were only around for like five years, and they didn't really have an uh, an EP or you know an uh, extended you know album anywhere, uh, so it was like really kind of underground stuff. Um, if that album would have come out in 78, you may have been talking, you know, you might think of the Misfits as, as much more than what they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may be, not in, just you know, the outfits. Yeah. Yeah. Not, so, not, not as, not as much of a, uh, a skate punk band as opposed to being a much more musically influential band. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Exactly. I mean, because they really were influential on a lot of punk bands. A lot of, a lot of, I mean, you look at, you know, Metallica. I think they, you know, redid two or three of their songs on their Garage Days albums. You know, it's like that kind of thing. Do you so, think Danzig, do you think Glenn Danzig though would ever let a movie be made of them talking to a therapist about? <laughs> no, I don't. Ma- I well, if we I don't know. At least that in '78, uh, he maybe. would do it as long as he got to punch the therapist in the <laughs> face with a baby. One one of the things about the about the CD and honest, whenever you picked it, I when I was in high school, I most of my friends were were skate punks. I was kind of this um, odd in between guy. Oh. I was much like I was much <laughs> like Dexter. Well, no, I was I was much like Mike in SLC Punk, which we will talk about a little bit later. I was you know I was an art student. But I was also a jock, but I hung out with the skate punks. And so I was kind of, I was kind of. Did in you between. bust the uh, rear window out of a police squad? I remember. Squatty one night? I remember. I, I shouldn't say I remember. I think of Chris in high school as wearing like, a, smoking like a corn cob pipe. <laughs> <laughs> and like, wearing overalls? 
yeah, but like, like edgy, like edgy, edgy overall. Like, like I, I may, have, I may have had, I may have had uh, uh, torn overalls, but they did have a, a misfit skull stenciled <laughs> on one ass. side, and I was wearing Vans. But, uh, uh, but well, the, the Misfits for me were a no-brainer. I mean, as a kid growing up who was into like horror stuff and comics and horror movies, I was a huge horror movie fan uh, and, and really hated a lot of music in the 80s. In my high school years, music sucked. So the Misfits were... Tiffany, <laughs> Debbie Gibson. The, the Misfits were oh. a no-brainer for me, um, <laughs> and I became a really big fan of theirs. And then after high school, I had some friends who were in, in bands, and I was in bands and stuff, but one group of my friends actually... Ma- became a Misfits tribute band uh, called Earth AD, and I helped out with that a few times and did some backup vocals and different things with them. So I, I mean, I was, uh, and that went on for a couple of years. They, they, they had done that band. So Misfits were, you know, a huge part of my high school and, and early twenty years. And then, uh, you know, I don't really listen to it much anymore. But listening to this album again this last month was very nostalgic for me and I still really really enjoyed their stuff but uh uh you know that's why I picked it so you know what it it sort of um uh it sounds very much like punk music from 1978 and and I mean that's that's good that's in a, a way but it's also very well it's a comedy but it's also it's but it's also it falls into the same thing as a lot of those like when you when I think of those bands where uh you know I think of like the Sex Pistols or the Ramones or any band from the late 70s that was punk is that you remember like unless you're a really big fan you only remember like two or three songs right. from an album and the only songs I ever the only songs I remember are Last Caress and uh, <laughs> Teenagers from Mars because those are the two catchiest <laughs> oh yeah those are the two catchiest the songs 20 eyes. yeah you know was that, that was in uh, walk, walk Among Us but it's sort of you know, it has that same thing to it where um it it has a very much uh, obviously not attempting to make catchy songs, so you only have like two. I mean, like I love the Ramones, and I like I like the uh, I like a lot of punk stuff, but uh, also a lot of times, like if you just look at it, it's sort of interesting because I mean, really legitimately, a lot of the songs do sound the same, which doesn't make it less. Enjoyable for whatever reasons you like yeah, it. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, well, there's no question. I mean, yeah. these guys were not <coughs> yeah, particularly I mean, it's, good musicians. Not Lennon yeah. McCartney that we're dealing with. Yeah, you know what I mean. They, and the, but that's that's, that's punk. Part of I mean, the that's, that's the whole yeah. point of it. Is is they didn't they weren't trying to make music. I mean, at that point in time, music was super overproduced and super, you know, complex. And you had all this stuff. And that's the where punk. That's it. what yeah. punk came out of. And and the Misfits, I think, were a little bit more. Melodic in a lot of the stuff they did than some of the the other punk albums and our punk bands. Those Dan, Dan, like, Dan, like, yeah, like, yeah, like you, a bit of you a paid singer. punk and and which was one of my favorite parts of SLC punk. Just talking about the, the UK punk scene, but I think you saw the American bands with with the Ramones and um, and the Misfits, and they were really kind of hearkening back a lot to fifties um, rock and roll. Oh yeah, and, and that's that was really the Even driving the horror for twist. I mean, they were big. Like Danzig was a big you know horror movie fan in fifties sixties movies, that kind of stuff. I mean, the the name of the band Misfits comes from Marilyn Monroe's last film. Is the Misfits and really? Uh, oh yeah, that's where they named it. That, oh wow, that's why um, you know. But but a lot of it was like this this um, you know utter burnout on like prog rock bands, right? And the, you know the the fifteen minute drum solos and and these bands were getting together to do the the tight 
two minute, two minute, thirty. We don't know how to play, but we're gonna do it anyway. It's three chords and, a, and an attitude, and and you I know. I also think stuff though like that is is it's almost ill served in a way, in that how we look back at music is that we look back at music and we look at albums, and we mm-hmm. say like, oh this. This album, you know, when really like stuff like the Misfits or stuff like the Ramones and all of that, so much more of the experience of why people liked it was seeing it and experiencing it at the time. Like seeing a band like that is almost as much of the experience as sure. as listening to it. But the way we look at music and the way like we sort of categorize music historically is we're always like this is their you know best album. Right. This and is, yeah, their it's it's sort masterwork of, or whatever. And I think it's always going to be sort of unfair to bands like the Misfits or the Ramones, any of those, because while the albums are enjoyable, they are such a they they're so tied into what you know music was like at the time or what culture was like at the time that it's always going to seem you're going to have a hard time showing someone yeah judging yeah fairly judging it uh today holding it up to someone and being like listen to this without knowing anything right you know it doesn't mean that people might not enjoy it but it's like the the criteria for how we judge the longevity of well, things, and, sure. and especially with and punk, a lot of that, them. a lot of that has to go with commercial appeal. <clears throat> and as as much commercial appeal as those bands got later, and because their their influence is still felt today, you can still go out and buy Misfits CDs. And oh, I, I still CD. see like Misfits shirts yeah. on kids, teenage kids. Today. And that's so when, like, when did? And, and I I don't want to call the Misfits like a poser band. I'm not a punk. Okay, so I I can't sit here and say, well, that's a poser band. But there was a point where the, that tipping point where the commercial appeal of that band, you would see these these. You know, punk kids that would have the misfits stenciled denim jackets, and you're like, that kid has never listened to a misfits well, I think CD. Or well, it was, it was much later when yeah. I mean, they always had a, a sort of marketing plan. Yeah, they were pretty smart guys. I mean, they're all from they're dudes from New Jersey, and they you know they kind of knew what they were doing. I mean, Danzig. obviously Danzig had an idea for what he was trying to sell uh, with, with with it. You know, he wasn't like. But I mean that's part of punk too. I mean punk was way more. Well, I think it's punk lasted lo- way longer as a <laughs> image and as a style and c- than it did as a music. Well, I mm-hmm. think that you know ties, what I mean. That ties into the uh, ties into the movie because I think people look back on stuff and they look back and they say, oh, you know, the misfits came together because they were so sick of how things are in right. the world, or the yeah. Sex Pistols got together because they were. And, but it was really just like created out of boredom because the world was boring <laughs> you know and uh, these bands didn't form to like think like oh we're, we're gonna, gonna change the world we're gonna, we're gonna topple gonna... music right. and except we're the so important oh well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i mean they, they were they, yeah. they were just drummer read a lot of his own bullshit these were probably guys that that love music but they were feeling the disassociation with culture and and the same angst that that all these kids well, were they're just yeah. young kids i mean yeah. it's like what young kid doesn't want to be in a band at but some point especially in the 70s late 70s it's like that's you know this is what they could do this was something that they could because they weren't 
I mean, Jerry Only was not a t- terribly good bass. Still isn't to this day a yeah. particularly good bum, bass bum, player. Bum. I mean, you yeah, know, it's, uh, but they played with the, they, they play to a certain degree, their and, and and I thought it was I think Danzig's a pretty pretty good lyricist. I think you know for what he's doing, I think he, he was pretty he's clever and he's yeah, the, the Jim Morrison of punk bands. Evil Evil Elvis Ooh, is what I don't know his. If uh, I want to attach that. Oh, that, that he yeah. They called him the Evil Elvis at one point. Okay. Was sort of his moniker, but uh, I was just saying I. I'd like Danzig more than Jim Morris. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. But the the yeah the whole Misfits thing. I mean, they came back in various forms without Glenn Danzig. With uh, there's been like three other singers or four other singers and different drummers and different you know Jerry only and his brother Doyle uh, have really kind of carried that band on and they've become. I mean, I saw them like four times after the. I mean, they broke up in '83. Yeah. I never saw him, I mean, then. I didn't see him with Glenn, Dan- Glenn Danzig. I saw him years later when they weren't, you know. But it was still, like, Thomas Ann's, like, just the... It was, like, this music that I had heard all through high school and then going and seeing the band. And it wasn't about, like... It wasn't so much about the music as just sort of the event. You know what I mean? It was, like, yeah, it was just cool. It was well, To me, it was just cool, and I liked the music, and I still like it, but... Uh, uh, you know, it. I yeah, I'm not like. I, I mean, I wasn't a punk. I wasn't a punker kid at all. I was, you know, I was much more of a '70s kid, like classic rocks. What you? Well, it wasn't classic at the time, but you know, I mean, I was much more. Uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. I mean, but uh, I. Uh, you know, and like I said, in the '80s, I was just searching for something to listen to. What I love and, about this band and and, and the other wh- whatever there there are different bands that do this, no matter what genre they are. But the Misfits typified a culture, and there are very few bands that you can attach a- as being so closely associated with a culture. Whenever you talk about about late '70s and early '80s punk culture, that is well, one of the. It depends on who you talk to, though. I mean, it's funny be that I never see them mentioned. Like I've watched really? every punk documentary yeah. ever made. They're never mentioned. Well, so it. there's, it's Seriously. really divided up, really oddly, though, because it's like um, when I sort of I you know I used to really like the Descendants and all that, so I would went back and listened to old punk rock but i'll be honest i never the misfit like none of my friends listen to the misfit they didn't fit into that same was it more of a skater thing because you know that's the thing is that you know all my all my friends were were skate punks and that was the default band i don't know like i said i wasn't necessarily a i wasn't a punk rocker at all uh i i got into the misfits from listening to like uh i dug uh alice cooper Okay. And it was just yeah. that whole horror thing yeah. that I, and then I went from Alice Cooper I to the Misfits it, to like Glenn or to uh, Rob Zombie. You know what I mean? It just I think kept going on. I think that might be some of it because I, I I remember when, I mean I didn't know anyone that listened to the. I mean I knew lots of people that listened. Of course I'm younger than you guys, so it wasn't like people were listening when I was around. But when people listened to punk, they never never listened to. Misfits. Well, it's because I'm it really not, was. I'm they not, didn't I'm not have that old time. The only stuff <laughs> that like in the in the in the in the eighty in the early eighties, actually throughout most of the eighties, the only stuff of theirs that was around was really like these really bad either bootleg cassettes mm-hmm. yeah, uh, EPs. that were awful. I mean, they were so bad. It was like you would listen to it. But no, it, well, and also it was like bootlegs of their live shows. Their live shows are completely different than their albums. Their live shows, those two-minute songs turn into one-minute songs. Uh, you know what I mean? They're, they're playing it way faster, and, and they're not worried about it. You know I mean? They're just blazing through stuff. 
Uh, and it's a completely different well, thing. Well, it, it was about atmosphere and energy and and just expressing the angst in live shows. Where the studio, I mean, the studio records, there was actually some thought to those. They are, oh, yeah. they are well, in there. And, like, and, you, well, and you hear it in this record because they have the start and stops and all the retakes that they were trying to produce good records. Yeah. Well, I think it's Glenn Danzig probably driving most of that. There's that one five-minute song. Yeah, that, that, but that wasn't on the original album. That was no. put on later on, yeah. and that was something I was like, that was... like, one song that's five minutes long. <laughs> this is insane. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, it, it's just something that I... It, it's one of the few bands that really, really I connected to as a youth. and, and A youth? Because it's, it's... It was angry, horror, gothic, crappy... You, you know, know and, and what's funny, and this doesn't really have much to do with the music, but it's sort of like... One of the funny things I think about punk is that people sort of associate themselves with punk when they're younger and they're angry. And then, not that people grow out of it, but, I mean, we'll talk about this with SLC. Like, people take a certain portion of it and move on with their life, but most people don't dress like the misfits Right. For their whole life, <laughs> you know, like you don't like people oh, take some, some of that. There, there are, are some, <laughs> but most people that do take a piece of it and then they go on to the next sure. part of their life. Yet Glenn Danzig kind of has. You always see him, and he's sort of the Glenn Danzig. You know, like you don't see <laughs> him not be that way. Right. So, but it's like he's old yeah. now. Whoa. So, like he had is that he never evolved past that at all. And I mean, it, it's an obviously on some level it's an act. You know, like you sing songs about killing babies and raping moms. <laughs> obviously, Glenn Danzig's not running around killing babies and raping moms. Right. You know, like, but yet. It's you, whenever you see anyone talk about him, or if you go on YouTube and look up Glenn Danzig, you know, like the top videos are someone punching Danzig. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, and that's sort of like the He's image. 50. Like, there's never, yeah, there's, <laughs> it's, and it always seems weird to me because it's like, God, is he locked into that? Like, how does he feel about. Well, without yeah. that, without. Yeah, what is. When does the act yeah. become reality? Yeah, like, and he's. Because that same aggression that is you feel as a kid, I think, sort of naturally for most people fades and change it changes to something else right. that maybe you don't associate you know like uh listening to the misfits when i was 13 would be different from listening to the misfits now because i can see like the there's a time when you would listen like oh yeah this is crazy you know <laughs> but now you listen, shit. yeah right. now you listen to it and you're like you get the theatrical part of it, sure. But it's like, what if you had to do that all the time? Like, <laughs> all the well, even, like you mentioned, Alice Cooper. But I mean, that guy, yeah. he went on to be, you know, like he'd end up at like golf outings. Yeah, you've seen much you know, more. You know what I mean? Him, him just, just being, being Vincent Fernier, or whatever yeah. his name is. You know what I mean? So just I think it's different. Very good high school. He was a high school track star. He, he used to live here in Chicago very, yeah, yeah. for a long time. Um, but that t- that ties into the movie. Yeah, right, the movie. Well, well, let's talk about the movie yeah. uh, SLC Punk. I hadn't watched it in a long time. I love this movie. It's it's yeah. just uh, you know it's an independent, small independent film. And when it came out, I laughed my ass off at it. The thing I like about it, the well, just to give it a little bit of setup, it's basically it's called SLC Punk. It's Salt Lake City Punk. It's about these basically these two punkers living in Salt Lake City uh, and hating it because of the the. You know, because it's Utah. Uh, because it's Utah and the Mormons and and how using kids hate wherever they're from. Well, yeah, and that too. Um, and it's them and their sort of punker friends and the lifestyle and the culture that they live in. Uh, and it's mostly about the one guy uh, who's sort of right at the end of college. 
Yeah. Well, he's yeah, he's he's at the end of college, but he's at the end of sort of going from being a young, angry kid to going, well, what do I do now? Being young and angry. He's moved past the age where it's acceptable. Yeah. To uh, to think that you're going to topple the system without having to do something about it. Right. You know? he, he's sort of starting to realize that, and that's kind of the movie. But he's, yeah. mo- he's moving from being young and angry to just angry. Fuck him, fuck this party, and fuck everything. Above all, fuck anarchy. Yeah, well, and not even sure why he's angry, though, anymore. Yeah, that's what I I really (laughs) like about the movie. It's like, his parents aren't really bad to him, and he has actually a good relationship, in a way, with with his dad, you know? And the thing I really, I really like about this movie because it reminds me a lot of various people I've known, and not just like punk rockers, but people, people I knew in college that were really like radical into politics mm-hmm. and stuff about how people, uh, they attach themselves to these really radical ideas when it's convenient and they're not uh, forced to really, they're not forced to have to do anything about it. Right. You know, it's like easy. It's e- and that's not to say that uh, communism. Yeah, well, yeah. It's like, but that changes as you get older, and you have to realize that like, you, no one's going to give you anything. Right. You know, like that portion of your life where you're allowed to changing the system is way harder than just thinking and talking or, yeah, about and it. And a lot of it is sort of, uh, a lot of the cool parts about that movie is sort of just raging against stuff that is... It shouldn't be that... <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> it's not... In a, it, it, it would be way easier to concentrate on... Like, how, and, and at the end of the movie, that's sort of like the moral right. of it is sort of like, well... It's pointless to kind of be this way when I can do more. Right, being a, being a, l- a lawyer, yeah. you know, going to law school. Then the the thing I one of the things I love about it so much is that, and and you you touched on it too, is that it seems like a, a collection of stories that anyone would have from that time in their life. <laughs> yeah. There's guys in that movie that I know that yeah. I went to high school with that I grew up with, uh, and it was semi autobiographical by the the writer and director and and. It's just these crazy, wacky stories over and over again, but it's put in a very cohesive way with this story of, of uh, gosh, I can't think of the main guy's name now. Um, Matt Lillard's character. Yeah, Matt Lillard. Uh, I can't. Steve-O. Think of Steve-O. Uh, it's kind of his life last. Of it's his last summer of rebellion. Yeah, the well, summer not, of nothing. Well, it's almost the last year. There was a lot of snow. I had but, a uh, summer of nothing after college. <laughs> Did you? But I wasn't a punk. I just drank a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I had no illusions about it. Well, one, one of the things that, and I don't mean to, to interrupt no, you, but one of the things I, you, you, you see in the, in, in, the show. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that you see in the punk, in the punk culture is that there, there are punks that are, are out there to just kind of, you know, create mayhem and chaos and, and destroy stuff. But Steve was one of the other types of punks that he was kind of, an, he was an intellectual punk. It's while well, he was about chaos and and anarchy, but he approached it from a very intellectual standpoint. I think it's a very interesting. Uh, I think you know what I mean. Yeah. If you ever yeah. gone to a, uh, a protest, I went to an anti-war rally. I, I'd hate to get political, <laughs> but I went to an anti-war rally, and then um, like sixteen-year-old anarchists showed up. And, like that's, and I thought when you're in high school. W- what the fuck do you care about anarchy? <laughs> like you're li- like what? Do you, it's Doesn't even know what it is. Yeah, like really you haven't no had to rules. make any sort of choice about anything in your life. 
So it's okay. easy for you to say, yeah, like oh, this system, anyone who works in the system is like a sellout. Right. When you're 16, <laughs> well, no one wants to buy you. you know? <laughs> it's really easy for you to... Uh, well, it's that funny, comes too, out I in think... The movie, too, is when he's having that discussion with his... Uh, his friend's older brother where Chris, they're talking about, yeah. you know, what's the, you know, is every, is things, are things really falling apart all the time? Right. Is destruction like the only way that anything can be done? And it's not necessarily yeah. the only way. The to cycle think of entropy. I, uh, I, uh, Heroin Bob is is a great character to me. Once again, that guy I know a guy. I mean, I went yeah. to high school with a guy like that. I know a guy, and it's funny, you know, because in the end, you know, Steve O's basically. At one point, sort of um, confronts him and, and kind of uh, calls him out as a poser. Uh, but then, by the end of the film, you kind of realize, you know, he he realizes that it's like, no, you know what? He was more punk than any of us. Yeah, we're all sort of the poser. And that was like this, this friend of ours that you know, we, uh, who was a punker. But we all kind of made fun of him because we grew up with him and knew him since kindergarten. Yeah, and then all of a sudden one day he's a punker, and it's like, what? What is? What are you talking about? You're the same douchebag we've always known you're not any different <laughs> you know what I mean but it was just sort of that uh that weirdness about what it means you know what it means yeah. you know to one guy it's uh you know safety pins and green hair and to somebody else it's music and to somebody else it's poli- politics political yeah you know what i mean so it's like it i don't know i mean punk uniform. to me is such a it's yeah yeah it's the I love it, yeah. well i mean i do it, love that the too. thing about yeah, bob is that I, I felt like he was a punk because he wasn't just an outcast from society. Society didn't have a spot for him. It, it touched on the relationship with he and his father, which was non-existent. Right. His, his father was a, a, a psychopath, a schizophrenic veteran or, or whatever. Yeah. There, there was just no place for him. And I think in society, whenever you feel like there is no place for you, that, that the punk culture is well at that time it, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a or mod, mod culture mod. or whatever culture yeah. whatever is whatever, that's another one of the themes in the movie to. is that like um for as much as everyone's trying to be unique everyone can be divided up into their little groups their little yeah. group by the way they dress just yeah. like ever anyone i love does, the, really. i love when he's at the party and he kind of gives you the breakdown the fight yeah, whatever yeah, why, like, why do we fight a, yeah just a great <laughs> the, the punks beat the crap out of the mods the mods <laughs> kick the shit out of the new waivers and they everyone don't do any- hates the neo-nazi <laughs> yeah, everyone yeah. hates the, the nazi uh, but there were some interesting things in the film too. I mean, I thought you know, uh, stylistically there was some some interesting <laughs> stuff going on. I mean, with I some lived, stop motion and different things. And I lived in an apartment that looked eerily close to their <laughs> really shitty. I think you were punk. You just didn't know it. I, thought, I think I, I might have been, been, and I just it was going on around me. And I had no fucking idea. <laughs> yeah, I, what was going I, on. The, the going back to the Nazi thing that was actually one of the things that that kind of cracked me up because I think there's you know for people that 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 have never kind of been around punks or whatnot, there's a misconception that punks are Nazis. Punks aren't Nazis. Punks are anarchists. The punks they're, don't they're, exist they're, anymore. They're, 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 they're absolutely yeah. counter. Let's get out there. They're, 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 yeah. they're not out there anymore. They is it dead? Is, oh, it's is been dead, dead since well, I think, 81. I don't know. I think people made it out of just air. Like, they made the idea. Because what it... You know, in, in the movie, too, it's the idea of thinking that for some reason you're so special that you're the one that you're like I'm the you're one who sees how the yeah, world yeah. really is yeah. and why can't everyone else see it when in reality other people in 
can see how things are, but they just find a way to live in the world and still right. make function, and still function, do and do the things they want to do and change things without having to. And there's, I mean, if you yeah. look at punks, there's, no, I mean, throughout you know modern history, there's been you know the variation of that. It's anyone you know between the ages of fifteen and twenty two, oh, sure, yeah. you're pissed off at the yeah. world in one way or the other, and you're trying to figure out a way uh, you know to deal with that. And it's either through music or drugs or whatever the hell you know you're going to find. And, and uh, comic books, who knows what it could be? You know what I mean? It, it uh, so yeah, being a punk is no different than it's fun. Yeah, it, that too. Yeah, that and that's it's you know the the thing the thing I always the the thing I the funny thing is about punks is that like I said I wasn't a punk I didn't dress up like a punk I didn't I listened to punk music but I wasn't I went to Catholic school yeah <laughs> but uh, I always um, I always envied the guys that I knew that were willing to like you know shave their head in a mohawk and dye it purple and do whatever you know. Uh, the, the, because I there was something fun about them walking into a, a mall or a store and everybody over the age of twenty freaking out looking at you know what I mean it was like yeah. to me that it's well, trying to be unique while the whole world's trying to make you the same as everyone yeah. else. When I was in high school, sure. I remember um, uh, Fugazi used to come through Green Bay all the time, and oh, the, the Descendants used God, to come through. Band. And I remember um, I had a friend who went to Descendant show, and this other kid we went to high school with that we weren't friends with was also at that show and said that my friend wasn't punk enough. <laughs> now it's that that's sort of missing the point. Of punk, yeah, you know, yeah, right. not necessarily, but it's always like um, when you create a group and you're creating like an ethos where you're like, this is for everyone who feels like they don't fit in the system. And then <laughs> Except you become you. obsessed. That's also a great part of the film is how in these subcultures that are about like let's gather all the people that feel different become completely obsessed with picking out the people amongst <laughs> themselves who don't fit in. Right. You know, like that's the sec number one, it's like we don't fit in with everyone else. Number two, let's pick out all the people within <laughs> us that don't fit in with us. You know What's that's an, the it's other it's obsession. It's a it's a natural thing. And that's why, you know, I was I was so glad that they had the one mod character that hung out with was yeah. a Johnny Mod that ha- hung out with everybody. He, and, and and they he, say he uh, he was an ambassador between the groups, between the tribes, <laughs> yeah. between the tribes. Uh, there's just so many characters in there that is eerily remind me of people that I you know mm-hmm. and and event you know it's like that weird party at the end. I've been to that weird party. I, I've had know. that. Weird yeah, party. you know, yeah, <laughs> like the dude, the the strange Russian dude with a gun, and yeah. you know, that, that I know that dude. I you know what I mean? It's like I've been in that situation. It's just weird how all these events, you know, it. it very familiar, and I'm sure to a lot of other people of, too. But and I was telling you about this today. Uh, whenever I went back home earlier this uh, uh, what a couple months ago, uh, my dad and I went back to, to Southern Illinois, and we're walking around the streets of Carbondale, which you is, beat the shit out of a Nazi. Yes, <laughs> my dad and I both. Axe hammer. Um, axe hammer. No hammer. What? No, axe we're, we're 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 <laughs> we're walking out. We're walking out of one of the you know the local haunts. They're one of the bars. And uh, we've been playing pool, and uh, and walk out, and there's a guy with a with a cup, you know, wanting wanting change, and a beggar, a beggar, yeah, <laughs> and, a bum, and I walk out, and you know, being from Chicago, you kind of just have a tendency to walk past. And that it was you, not me. <laughs> it was you from the future. Uh no, it was a guy. It was a guy. I went. To, it was one of my 
I'm not going to call him gold. a friend, yeah. but he's one of the guys <laughs> that dead. hung out on the fringes of the group of friends that I hung out with in high school. And it was just like, holy crap, I went to high school with that guy. I know that guy. And so when I'm watching SLC Punk and the same thing happens Sean. to Steve, yeah, it's just like, oh, man, hey, how you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm a beggar now. And it's just like, yeah, I had that experience. And it was really... It's something that sticks And that was with sort you. of the, the, the first ter- turning point for yeah. Steve-O, too, is seeing that and just going, oh, oh fuck, shit. is that what I'm heading yeah. towards, you know, is that what this leads to kind of thing, you know? Yeah, so but anyone that's you know, left their home and then goes back and you a, see the people that hit bottom. There was a guy from my high school that we made fun of who drove a car in a drive-by shooting. Wow. Not because we made fun of him. I, no, uh, I'm, well, I think I've told this one before. I'm pretty sure it did not help. Help, yeah. It didn't yeah help I'm any. sure it didn't help his self-esteem. I uh, went to high school and hung out with a guy who uh, killed a woman with a, uh, I think, a monkey wrench. Uh, about an hour later, had sex with her dead body and took off. And is on death row now. Hey, Gino, if you're listening. <laughs> hey, Gino. Uh, I never really liked you, dude. Oh, write us hey, an iTunes. They got an internet. Write us an iTunes. iTunes. Write us an iTunes oh. review. No. But, but now, to get off that. We're listening, prison. I think to get off that very morose uh, beat of the show, I think, I, think that, I think the SLC Punk was yeah. actually, it had a very positive message. It was, at the end, a pretty uplifting uh, movie because it, it showed this guy go through all of these things and at the end even though you know we haven't talked about about his buddy Bob but he loses his best friend basically the only person that he could really be of you know kind of one mind with but at the end of it he comes out and he's obviously a much stronger person and everything that he's gone through he's he's kind of like ready to take the next step and be it's sort of be like a man he doesn't you know? have to like the the need to wear some type of uniform to like believe what he believes believe what yeah. he, he doesn't have to convince away. himself any yeah, longer. I think this is a good opportunity to say that Ron Comics does support its prison listeners. <laughs> and just because we're going on hiatus doesn't mean you can't write us an iTunes review from prison. I, uh, they I have to have a credit card number. If you're from prison and you write us an iTunes review, I'll send you something. <laughs> one, other, one other scene I just wanted to mention in the film that I, that I just thought about, which I thought was pretty important too, is the, the scene where um, he catches his sort of girlfriend... Uh, sleeping with the yeah. other guy at the yeah. party, and he flips out, even though they have an agreement. And it's yeah, like, one of me, those agreements. Right. There was like, it's yeah. like those agreements are great until it, you know, kicks you in the until balls. Uses <laughs> the agreement, yeah. actually, you know. But that I thought was very kind of telling about the whole idea. It's like, you know, all this stuff in theory is great. You know, anarchy yes. and rebelling and all that. It's all great in theory. But when it comes to really, you know what I mean? Like, doesn't work in the real world. <laughs> right. Well, and, so. and, and his point of this guy was pissing on my territory. And it wasn't even that he was really in love with her. I think there was definitely, you know, an affection well, there. Feelings. It was just a yeah. matter. It was just, it, you know, it's just a matter of, yeah, you have an open relationship. As long as nothing happens, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, theory, but, theory. Yeah, so that's so. I, that, I mean, that's um, the the movie, and I thought the book were very similar. The uh, the comic, the originals, yeah. uh, the originals by Dickens. I hadn't read this really before. Did it? Did you? Had you, really you guys read it? Before? Not, I didn't know it existed. I will say the only thing that threw me off about it was that it's very much. If you've seen the movie Quadrophenia, yes, right, very much like that, v- very similar in a lot, in a lot of ways, like in 
the the structure of the story. Not to say that Dave Gibbons like copied Quadrophenia, but I mean literally from the punk versus rockers. Right. Well, it's a very common story. I mean, yeah. it's it's it's, it's not a very complex than punkers. No, no, it's no, punk versus no in, the in Quadrophenia. Mods and rockers. Mods and rockers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I mean it's a very Teddy Boys. S- pretty simple. <laughs> Teddy Boys. It's a very Pompadours. pretty simple story, I think, and and uh, it's pretty quick read. I mean, it's om- I almost consider it like a short story because it wasn't necessarily like I, from a lot of different ways. It wasn't really necessarily a fulfilling story. You didn't get a lot of time to learn that much about the characters. It was very succinct, mm-hmm. um, and you, you had to, enough, you had to yeah you had to pick up pretty quickly on stuff. The art was great. Gibbons' art was fantastic. Oh, I thought, yeah. um, but. If, I mean, it certainly fit in with the theme of what we were, you know, the movie and the, and the series, which is it what I wanted. It was very stylish, you know, so. and it was a, it's a book about style. Style's all about extent. style. All about style, baby. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a victim of style. Yeah. Fashion victim. Fashion victim. No, but uh, well, if, if you haven't read uh, uh, the originals, it's basically about, a, uh, about two mods, basically. It, it seems like it's kind of in the future because they have hover bikes. Mm-hmm. Or hever scooters maybe or whatever. Maybe hates drawing wheels. Maybe, <laughs> maybe yeah. Uh, but pretty much every other than that and like a little bit clothing wise, everything else is pretty much. It feels contemporary. Like it would be the eighties, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, I think, and, and we'll come back to that. But I think I've, it had to be important for that story to be set in the future, and I think we can come back to that. Well, I don't know that it was in the future though. They never said it was. Oh, well, hover bikes and well, it could be alternate reality. It could doesn't necessarily yeah, mean yeah. the future. Well, anyway, I don't know. But um, and it's basically about uh, this one kid who's trying to join this group called the Originals that are a bunch of mods and they're like the big badass mods, which always seemed weird to me that mods would be badasses because you think they would. Well. They think they would yeah. ruin their nice clothing. Yeah, you know, to get in fights. Uh, they drive scooters and dress in. I don't know. Anyway, but hovers. Uh, um, not scooters. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, he's trying to join, and, they, and him and his friend Bach uh, end up uh, actually joining, and it's just sort of his journey uh, throughout that world. And, and he's, he's like, you know, 18 years old, and he's kind of uh, trying to be a badass and, get you know, gets in some trouble and... Uh, get the girls, get the bike. Yeah, I mean, it's not I mean it's not a very complex story at all. I think it's it, yeah. it seemed like it may have been a bit... Uh, you know, autobiographical, maybe. Um, I think it. Uh, I thought it was. I thought visually it was really great to look at. I think. Mm-hmm. I think. It, I, I think it could have stood to be longer, actually. Yeah. With more stuff with the characters. Yeah, I mean, I was very visually interested, but also at the same time, it was very. If I hadn't have seen Quadrophenia and hadn't known how to feel about some of this stuff, <laughs> I don't know how I would have felt about it. Because I felt very much like I walked away from it, I'm like, I knew going into the next part, like, how I should feel right. about stuff. And the ending the ending is different, but I kind I mean, the, it's sort of, it's very much tied into SLC and the fact that s- someone dies because right. this lifestyle gets out of control. And Quadrophenia kind of has that type of thing too, where the main character, this lifestyle, um, which starts off as fun, ha- I mean, it does have consequences for right. it. Sure. But um, I thought that was the only thing that bothered me about it. it was the whole time I was reading, I was like, do I like this because I like Quadrophenia? <laughs> <laughs> do I like this because <laughs> I was like, was I like that movie? Mm-hmm. 
And I know what's going to happen because I know. <laughs> I, uh, well, it's funny you say that because I, Scotty's not here, but I actually talked to him about the book before he left. And one of the things he said that he didn't he didn't care for it very much. He loved the art, but he didn't care for the story. He thought it was uh, he thought it was not developed enough. He thought he didn't he didn't feel anything for the characters. He, he didn't feel that that the, the characters were developed enough, and he didn't really get attached to any of them. And then it was over. To. Well, I don't know. I'm just telling you what I'm not. I'm not uh, He's but, not here to defend himself. But one of the things was uh, he. You know, it's like he felt like it was very cookie cutter, and that he knew exactly what was going to happen next. He knew how the story was going to play out. He felt, he, and I don't know if, I, d- I doubt that he's ever seen Quadrophenia, but that was just wh- what he kind of said. Now, I didn't get that necessarily from it at all, and and I we had a pretty long conversation about it because, I, and once again, I would go back to the short story. It's a very short book, and I think it's it's written, I don't know if Gibbons did it on purpose or if it's just his writing style, but he wrote it in a way where it's, you have to look at the subtleties. You almost have to look at the subtext to get the things about the characters. Um, and if you don't, it's, it, it's over very quickly. So I don't know, you know, I don't, I, I enjoyed it myself. Um, I got enough of an attachment to these characters in wanting to know, I mean, what, what I liked about it is that it did leave you with a sense of wanting to know more about them. And and we we've been talking this week about really I didn't see I didn't get that at all I, no at the I, end I, of it I was I wanted to know more, more about Viv you know I wanted to know more about her background I wanted to know more about Bach as a person but is that but, intentional but, by Gibbons or is that a mm-hmm. lack of of writing ability um, that that I wanted to know more about them but I still felt fulfilled at the end of the story I think is a good thing I would rather see that than knowing too much about about uh, things that I don't really care about, if right. that makes any sense. And we've been talking, you know, one of the things about, you know, to go back to SLC Punk for a second, one of the things I really liked about it is that it was an hour and 27 minute movie that told a story and and got in and got out. We've been talking about three hour movies and I think that, you know, that there are a lot of movies out there that are too long for what they do and I think that the originals could have been the same thing. It could have gone on for another 40 or 50 pages and told more story than it really needed I to. Think I felt like it told the story that it needed to tell. I think tell. the difference though between SLC, and obviously it's a movie in the books, so there's going to be huge differences, but also in SLC Punk, all of the major characters I felt like, they each had their own moment that you really got to see what they were about. But, like, in the originals, one of the big problems I had is um, a character like Bach. Like, you never really had a moment where you you got the, the, that they were friends, but you never had a moment where you really knew anything about, about him. him that made him different from any of the other mods except for the fact that they were friends. You and know, there was, was bl- and he was black. And he was black, but I mean that that, that was never that was never but isn't part that of kind of like life. Well, yeah, I mean, you but don't I don't get you don't get everyone's backstory. But I don't read but I'm not reading this to read someone's like journal. Okay. About their right. you know, like That's there's fair. a difference Yeah, in those I don't things. know. I'm conflicted between it uh, like I said, the feelings of was it too short because Gibbons that's the best that he could do writing-wise, or did he do it on purpose because he was trying to stylistically... You know, I haven't written, read, I haven't read enough of his other work. I don't know what else he's even done, so I don't know... It's different from Green Lantern Corps. <laughs> 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 yeah. That's true. It yeah. is different from Green, like Green Lantern Corps. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, mean, I, I liked it, but I, I felt kind of like... 
there was a lot of givens for how you're supposed to feel about certain characters. Like when when Bach dies, I was like, I know you're supposed to feel bad because he's his friend. But I didn't feel too bad. But you were never attached. I was like, well, he was just the other mod that he was friends with. I was like, you never. And like in the movie, which I thought for a very economical hour and twenty seven minutes, you got moments where you got to see, um, you know. Were you sad about heroin, Bob? I was really yeah, sad because you did yeah. get to see moments where he, you saw what he was about right. and why he was a punk. And the, obviously, the book would have had to have been longer to do this. Maybe right. Vincent wanted to do a longer book. But I never understood why any of the characters really wanted to be mods other than, like, we want to be mods. Right. And maybe that's not what he's going for, but also then on the other hand, that's not as I'm having a conversation with myself. Maybe it is what he's going <laughs> for. Maybe it is what he's yeah, going yeah, for. That's, what, that's what I'm kind yeah. of up in the air about. Is like, maybe was all this intentional? Was this what he was trying to say, or am I reading yeah. into it? Looking at the deficiencies of the story and the reading art into it was insane. really cool. The art was yeah, yeah really. Yeah, good. Is, I mean, is, is yeah. there story between between pages basically? And I, and I think there is on on some accounts. I think the main character uh, was. Was well enough Lee, developed. Or Lee, Lee, Lee. I don't know. How, how you, say you it. pronounce his name? Yeah, I'd say Lee, but um, I'd say Lee too. I thought he was he was a fairly well developed character in that by the end of the book I didn't like him. He, he was, and it's not that I didn't like the person that he was. It's not that I couldn't. Add, uh, if he were to mature, he could turn into a good man. But at that point, at the end of the book, I'm like, what a douchebag. And and from that point, how he treated Bach, which was uh, was very complicated. First of all, he was uh, he was Bach's friend whenever it was probably very unfashionable in, in the context of that book to be the friend of a, of, of a black guy. But at the same time, he always treated Bach as a second class friend, and it was it was well, he treated everyone. I mean, he was yeah. fr- he was only friends with someone. He treated Viv like a second class yeah, you know, girlfriend. I mean, it would have worked for him. See, the thing, and uh, what's funny is that um, when he starts going on with that girl, I expected there to be more stuff with Bach, but there. I, but once again, was that a choice he made? Yeah. Because you you leave your guys, your friends, when you start going out with a girl. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know. I don't know if it was just the nature of the wanted, story, or I just wanted more stuff with the with characters. Yeah, more development. Like, with yeah, characters. I just felt like. And maybe it was just Gibbons said, "Hey, this is as long as I'm I doing." I want to draw a hoverbike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave me alone. Cool coats. <laughs> well, I, think I don't know. Good, uh, it was a good book. Yeah, it was, it was good. It, yeah. Like I said, I think it could have easily been longer and mm-hmm. and better being longer, which is rarely that I ever say that about something. So, well, I, I think that something that's interesting, uh, the way that the originals ended and the way that SLC Punk ended, is whenever he, <laughs> what was the the last line of the originals was? Um, uh, I'm um, so old. I'm 18. I'm 18, yeah. and SLC Punk uh, ended kind of like after that statement of, you know, uh, Lee's at this point where it's like, you know, wife ends at 18, and SLC Punk, I forget exactly what the line was, but, you know, you're, you're, you're punk because you, you, you're you fighting against things until the end of the world, and then when the end of the world doesn't come, you have to figure out what to do next, mm. and Lee was at that point of the end of the world has come and I don't know what to do next. There is life after 18. And, it, and that's the whole thing about punk. Should be a lorry driver. <laughs> <laughs> a hover lorry. Yeah. You know, gonna... th- does punk end at 18? Well, I think what creates 
the feeling of wanting to to be punk doesn't I don't know I think eventually it's beaten out of you yeah but is punk trying to stay away from 19 you know I guess or I don't know it's, that's true for everyone. No one. Wants yeah, to I don't think it's just punk. I, I think, think it's I, anyone. So you yeah. know, I'm leery of this whole attachment of like that. There's some sort of magical punk ethos that exists. That so I, I always see whenever people are like, "Oh, that's not punk enough," or that's you know, <laughs> yeah. you know it's just it wa- like it walks it's an a excuse, fine line, doesn't it? It's just an excuse to uh, poser. Yeah, no, it's just an excuse <laughs> to put yourself on a pedestal, right? Opposed to someone. Uh, when it's I hear a lot of people so say. That y- you know what would be really punk is not giving a shit what other people do <laughs> instead of having to obsess about it's, picking it's out everything like else. Well, the, it's, it's the Supreme Court and pornography. You know, what is punk? Eh, I don't know. I'll, the, no I one think, I'll see it, you know? the Taking the, the away from the three things we, we did for the club, it's like you have sort of three different... You have, like, uh, this almost manufactured image punk, this horror punk uh, album, and then you have the movie which is the you know, these kids battling against themselves a bit and then you have mods uh in the future on hoverbikes but i mean it's all kind of the same you know it's what i mean yeah it's very parallel it's a parallel, it's a parallel. It's i think it's a parallel it's all coming earth, yeah. earth m yeah that's all it is it's just growing up and not happy with who you are where that's you're what at this whole show has been about this is what right. 170 odd episodes i'm 34 i feel so it's about old. growing up <laughs> growing up it's about growing we're, up. we're 175 i feel it's so about old growing up and uh, if so we were punk if we were punk we, we would have ended uh, like 80 <laughs> but we're not we were sellouts. oh that episode was terrible <laughs> yeah we were that episode was terrible we were sellouts so we kept going <laughs> yeah. we're like danzig i got a laptop out of it at least yeah, true. <laughs> we're like, um, we're like, uh, if we kept doing this show, we'd be sort of like the fifty-year-old Danzig, going on and on. Just keep trying to be. Where people angry. outgrow our show. The quiet panelologists at work would come much, would come right? up to us backstage and whip our asses. No, those guys are whipping anybody. They whip they're English. They're probably they're like dress nice and wear two, and drive yeah. hovers. I kick the shit out of foxes. Yeah, John, John and Matt are most definitely. Mods, they're hunting I would foxes, say. probably <laughs> hunting foxes and having tea. They're probably still Crumpets. shattered over Princess Di. Uh, all right, well, guys, shall we shall we wrap our our last uh, club episode here for sure. a while? Anyway, that was a that was a tight hour. Sweet, so, just the way I like it. <laughs> Short and or Short sweet. And or. All right. Well, I, tell you, I don't know if we have any voicemails or emails, but uh, yeah. probably not going to do any voicemails for a while, obviously. But uh, the, the, the emails are still up and running if you want to email us at info at aroundcomics.com. I have gotten a lot of emails this week. I don't yeah, know, thanks, so. everybody. Yeah. We got some really yeah. nice messages from folks. I oh, know. No, I it's sort of like going to your own <laughs> sort of like going to your own funeral. Yeah, I'm, it is. You know, yeah. I didn't really think about it until like today when we got here, and it's like Norton brings us a pie yeah. as a going away present. Chris, Chris Marshall, Marshall comes, comes from to t- Detroit, yeah, like, wearing and all I'm just like, wow, this is kind of melancholy. I didn't even really consider this like maybe it's because it. we're so fucking happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were we gonna do another one? Uh... I don't care if you want. All right, we'll do another. It, I don't what know when it'll come do? out. Oh, the really? show that won't die. Seriously? Yeah. He yeah. can't end it, dude. <laughs> okay, what are we going to do in the other one? Well, he I wants Mike and Chris. and Yeah, we we'll got we got Chris, talk, and, and I think okay. John's going to drop by. Why don't we if just, I get uncomfortable, I'm leaving. Oh, John, John you're leaving? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't want to sit here and talk about... We're not going to talk about us. We're going to uh, talk about... Oh, thank so. God. All right. But I tell you what, we do need to talk about. We need to talk about our great sponsor, InStockTrades.com. Are they even paying us still? 
sure. This episode was sponsored by InStockTrades.com. Thank you to InStockTrades.com for offering this month's reading selection, the originals, and no nothing else. To Iran Commerce <laughs> listeners for an amazing 35% off the cover price, get your copy today for 11 Stop it. For the soft cover take. and 1622. Truly belong with us amongst the clouds. <laughs> what have we here? <laughs> Check out the Eisner-winning graphic novel by Dave Gibbons. I haven't seen your droid. That's the only impression I can halfway do. All right. (laughs) Billy D. Williams. Who would have thought that? Uh, Check out the amazing, uh, the Eisner-winning graphic novel by Dave Gibbons. Then listen. Halfway's a bit generous. Just go to InStockTrades.com and order shit from them because. They're awesome. This copy doesn't make sense any longer. This show's over. Oh, Oh, I got to read. You know what else doesn't make sense? I quit. You know what else doesn't make sense? What? There's a lot out there. People what being is selfish. It? Tell me. You know how they're selfish? I know how people can be selfish. Because they <laughs> they love comic books, <laughs> but they don't help support the Hero Initiative. You have to help. The Hero Initiative creates a what financial safety here? net for yesterday's creators who need emergency medical aid, financial support for essentials of life, and an I'm avenue back in the trying to help! It's a chance for all of us to give back <laughs> something to the people who have given us so much enjoyment. For more information, visit www.heroinitiative.com or call 310-909-7809. Not many people knew this, but um, Stan Lee had to make a deal with the Empire <laughs> to keep Marvel going. <laughs> I've just made a... I've made a and you know why I'm excited about the Hero Initiative? Are, what? You know why I'm excited about the Hero Initiative? Why? Why? Because I'm going to be working at the Hero booth at WonderCon. Whoopee. Like tomorrow and Saturday. And I'm going to meet Darwin Cook, who's going to be there. He's going to slap you. I He's going to fucking... Is it going to be open gonna, hand or backhand? <laughs> backhand. I He's going to cuff him. Start a pool. Um, might be with a pistol. He might and I'm also going to meet Bill Willingham. Blackjack. Um, Billingham? 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 Uh, Darwin Cook? You have to be call him Billingham. Uh, At I least will. once. I will for you. Hey, Billingham. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Billingham. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to be working with that. Brian Polito. Oh, well, you can say hi to Brian for <laughs> us. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, we hadn't mentioned it. Um, this is going to come out on like Thursday, I believe. I don't know. Whenever I will. Uh, yeah, whenever I edit it, Tonight. I guess. Uh, tomorrow is WonderCon in San Francisco. Why don't you just put this out Monday and then. If we're doing another show. Whenever. This yeah. weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is WonderCon. I'll be there. I'll be at the Hero booth. And the podcasting panel, Saturday at 1 o'clock. Go see Chris and yell out his name at the podcasting panel. I'll be drunk. Neesman, you suck balls. <laughs> You're damn right. I <laughs> Wait, huh? <laughs> Just yell out, hey, you know, this is what I want somebody to do. Dickweed. If you go to WonderCon <laughs> this weekend and you go to the podcasting panel, uh, I, w- I want someone, just want someone to scream out, uh, death to around comics. Yeah. <laughs> in the, or Thank like, goodness you guys or, quit. Or, you suck. No, w- no, even better. When Chris is talking, just somebody scream out, Poser! Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, he doesn't do a I'll podcast. I'll give a quarter anymore. buck to whoever does that. Poser! I'll bring you a quarter buck. Yeah. Your show sucks. <laughs> right. Well, I tell you what, I would like to thank uh, everyone for joining us today. That would be Tom and Sal. I'd like to thank everyone for listening for the last two years. Hey, we still have one more episode left. Oh, yes. shit. Isn't that nice? Right. Uh, thank Mark, as always, at Dark Tower oh, Comics damn. and Collectibles. Thank you, Everyone, Mark. have a fantastic uh, whenever to whenever. We'll be back whenever. Rest of your life. In the meantime, in between time, we'll be everywhere in and around my house. I can't believe we're doing another <laughs> fucking episode. I'm really not a, <laughs> I'm not a poser. God, really. how the yeah, hell did yeah, I get roped into another one?
Thank you.